0: Welcome to Art Talk with April, Season 2. I'm April Harris of Inked April, located in Birmingham, Alabama. This season, we'll be talking with new artists and professional expert artists. So, I hope you enjoy it. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Art Talk with April. Today, we have a very talented Erin Lee. She's an interdisciplinary artist. And Erin, where are you located at?
1: Um, I'm currently located at, in Huntsville, Alabama.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, are you from Huntsville? Is that where you grew up? And- no.
1: no, I actually grew up in Portland, Oregon. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And I moved to Alabama in 2013.
0: So tell us about how you got started in art. Was it something that you were interested in as a child?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I was. I mean, I was always very, very creative, like lost in my room in art um, as a kid. I was always making something as a kid, collages, drawings, everything um, like that. But it wasn't until high school when I had a high school art teacher that actually I realized that I could do art as a career. So that's when I really started to think about long term, like being an artist professionally.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I kind of felt the same way when I, it was like, I didn't really understand that it could be a career, you know, Mm -hmm. until I got older. And then even then I was like, you know, is this for real or?
1: Yeah, Yeah, like both of my parents are very creative people, but they don't work in the art field. So I remember making art with them growing up. They were always drawing or crafting they always encouraged me to be an artist they weren't professional artists so I just kind of thought oh well maybe it's supposed to be this parallel thing that you have in your life with career that's not in the art field but I never felt that that was right for me so
0: yeah did your family have any artists around that they knew
1: not really (laughs) not that I can think of I mean my parents were definitely talented you know, growing up, our, our circles, we, my whole family, they were really into sports. You know, oh. like I'm an athlete in an, in another part of my life. And, um, you know, my family, they're all athletes. So that's kind of where our, our world existed.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Did you go to college then after that?
1: Mm-hmm, yeah. So um, after high school, I went to college. Um, I got my undergraduate from Portland State in art art history with a studio concentration in printmaking, specifically in intaglio printmaking. Mm, I got so, okay. Um, I was very fortunate that even though we didn't have artists in our family per se, my parents always encouraged me to go after my dreams. So huh. you know they supported my decision to study art.
0: Yeah, that's good. So you got a you got your degree and. Then I mean, like, how did you continue going? Like, what happened?
1: Get other jobs or? Yeah, my story is a little uh, a little over the all over the place. Um, So I became a single mom when I was in undergrad, and so I was making art, and I've always always made art. I've always had a pretty um, consistent practice, Uh, but I was making art at my house. For many years after undergrad, while raising my son, mm-hmm. um, so during that time, i you know I was working out of the art field and then like slowly building my own art practice, yeah um, you know trying to survive stuff <laughs> <as laughs> um, but at a certain point, you know, I moved here in two thousand and thirteen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had little shows here and there, like maybe in a coffee shop or a group show or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, I'd sell a piece here and there, but I really, I really felt empty because I was working in the medical field and it just, it didn't, it wasn't satisfying to me. It wasn't what my path, like I knew my path was supposed to be. Yeah. So I decided actually in well in two thousand seventeen or two thousand and eighteen, I applied to low Mill okay and I got accepted and I opened my studio and that definitely was life changing for me to oh. to finally have a public studio and be around artists um, all the time yeah. and just really put myself out there and so that was life changing and then in 2019, before the pandemic, my dad was diagnosed with cancer and he, I mean, he's, he's okay now he's in remission. He's great. But during that time, he, you know, confided in me that he had cancer and, um, you know, he told me, you know, he really, and at the time I was thinking about going back to graduate school Mm -hmm. and he was like, Aaron, go after it. Aim high. Like, this is your life do what you have to do, you know? So I applied to graduate school and got accepted and it kind of put things in motion for me. So, yeah. So I I have my MFA now in visual art from Leslie university and things are really starting to take off for me and it's great.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. I mean, I, I'm so sorry that your dad had cancer and everything and it's great that he's doing well. And so But to be told something like that, I feel like, wow, that that would and then you're in Low Mills. Like I haven't actually been there.
1: Oh, you gotta check it out.
0: What what is it like? Like do you guys have like studio windows that people can see into? Yeah, yeah. It's
1: really so. Low Mill, for those that aren't familiar with it, is an old factory, textile factory that has been converted into artist studios, galleries, restaurants. There's, you know, venue like a theater and oh, all sorts God. of shops. So uh, it's a public facility. So during, you know, artists are to be there during public hours. Um, but we have 24 hour access, which is great, but, uh, each studio has a window. It's like a hallway with studios and there's windows. So you, as you're just walking through the building, you can just look inside every single studio and see what artists are doing. Um, and the doors are always, you know, are open. So you can go in and talk to the artists, um, you know, so uh, some people treat their studio like a storefront, some treat it as a working space. So there's a good mix of yeah. ways are using their studios
0: yeah, that's really interesting, and I mean, how are you using your studio are you you using it as a working space or yeah
1: it's it's mostly for me a working space. Um, you know I do have work for sale in the studio, and I'll do like studio visits so if people want to buy work and they want to see work, they can come to the studio. but for me, the most life changing part about getting into low mill for me was treating my practice as job, but not in a bad sense. When I had a home studio, I, and as a single mom, I would walk down the hall, look in the studio and be like, I really need to work. And then I would see the dishes in the sink or the laundry that needed to get folded. And I would say, okay, I can't work until I get these priorities done. Cause nobody else is going to do them." My son, you know, he's like, seven or something. He's not going to, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. so gotcha. being, being able to say, okay, I'm going to go work. I'm going to go spend two hours in the studio. I have to physically drive there. I mean, I'm going to get there and actually work. So
0: yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. I've never had a studio outside my home. Mm-hmm. Like, I've always had you know my own space Mm -hmm. to create in and close the doors kind of thing but even that isn't really all that separated from the rest of life you know and I can imagine actually like packing up and going someplace and focusing I mean do you feel like it really gives you like a, a like better work and more more work that you're getting done i
1: i do think that for me and now everybody is different for me i feel more productive being away from the home and i also there's like this energy at low mill so you know you walk in and you walk through the doors and well the door that i walk through every day there's goes straight into one of the main galleries so i'm already i'm seeing art you know, yeah. there's people there working if I'm lacking inspiration or I'm just not feeling it, I can just walk around and say hi to my, you know, studio neighbors and yeah. see what they're doing and then kind of generate some sort of, you know, inspiration or say, oh, they're working. So, like, I need to get back to my studio and work now, but um, it's really great. Now, the downside, though, is... I have most of my art supplies at my studio. So if I'm at home and I have this like great idea come up, now I have to leave the house. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't have a lot of stuff here. I might have like sketchbook, and paper, you know, some, so I don't know. That's the downside is not having right at my fingertips when I need it. Well,
0: like one of the things that I always do, especially when I'm in moments where I, there's absolutely no way I can stop everything in like, start painting or whatever I I have like little notebooks around the house and I'll just write down and I'll like draw a little picture and put some notes next to it like okay this is what this is you know (laughs) yeah it's like little thumbnails okay this is what I want to remember and uh, yeah
1: I've gotten really good at using my note app on my phone,
0: oh yeah, that like you, yeah you can
1: draw on the notes now, so yeah I, I, I use that a lot too,
0: yeah, that's a good idea, because then that's even more accessible, I guess mm-hmm. than you would have that with you, um so tell us about your art, like um how did you come to this medium, and then also. What's your direction with your art? What are you thinking about, you know, your vision?
1: Yeah. So I, when I was younger, I didn't really have a voice in what I was creating. Um, I just drew a lot of portraits, a lot of self portraits. I, you know, like any young artist not copied, but was inspired (laughs) by other artists. So I would try their styles. Um, But I wasn't really sure what I was making, you know, I knew I wanted to make. And then while I was doing that, I always, I was always making collages, Mm. Um, you know, so, but I didn't look at the collage work that I was doing as like anything serious. It was just something to keep my hands busy. Yeah. And When I, when I was studying at undergrad, I really fell in love with intaglio printmaking Mm -hmm. because of how it's just very like process heavy, you know, you have all these steps that you have to follow. And I, I really appreciate having to go through something that has all these steps and it's not just drawing a picture, you know, not saying that. There's a lot to drawing a picture, but I like I like the physicality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, using your body when you're working, and I didn't realize until more recently that that physicality in printmaking is really what I loved about printmaking. It wasn't necessarily the actual outcome. Yeah, and so as I've shifted, I I started realizing a lot of the work when I was younger in in my twenties was I was making it because I thought that's what people wanted me to make. Mm. And so at a certain point in my early 30s, I said, you know what? I am just going to make. I just like got in the studio and I was so fed up with not knowing what I needed to be doing and not wanting to make work for other people. And I just said, you know what? I'm throwing all this out. I'm just going to start playing with paper just to like, you know. Cause that's what I've done for years and years with all these collages. So I started playing with all these tissue papers and it really turned into something for me. So yeah. that's when I started, I started really working in um, abstraction yeah. and it kind of generated this, this path that I'm on now where it's more about, when I make art, it's more about the process of it, the physicality of it, the material, and like the gesture and like the mark making and the uh, experimentation. So that's where the practice kind of um, is focused around. And then there's themes because I, I was making this work, and then I I felt like, okay, this this feels true to me. Yeah. Um, there's something here, and I'm not really sure what it is, but I feel like I need to explore it. So I started thinking, okay, like my, my body and my subconscious mind keep creating this work. Um, what is it trying to tell me? So that's when I started to, and this was kind of early in my, my MFA program. I started thinking about what it was telling me and why my body kept repeating these, you know, I was making a lot of the same marks with, um, different mediums. Uh, and you can see that in like my work, especially my work now where I'm doing a lot of like tally marks and stuff like, and, and just like these quick expressive gestures. Uh, and so I started thinking about what that was and it. And I also wanted to, the work seemed important to me, but it seemed it seemed shallow. Like it seemed like it was just, it was like superficial and I needed to figure out the deeper side of it, you know? So I started investigating, um, various themes in the work that are related to my experiences. Mm -hmm. And that, um, I started thinking about my experience with, um, domestic violence and, um, addiction. And I have, had body dysmorphia my entire life. I'm, you know, had eating disorders, you know, growing up in my teens and, or, you know, twenties. So I felt like those were things that my subconscious mind kept pinging me in the work. If that makes sense. Yeah. There's a book called, um, the body keeps the score. Have you read that? I have seen it.
0: I have been recommended that. Yeah. It's It's a a great book.
1: It's a great book. And in it, it talks about how we, we hold our trauma and our memories in our body. And I think that's why I really love work where I can use my physical body, like very expressive gestures, um, you know, hmm. process where I have to go through this repetitive um, action. Sure. And I think that's one reason is like, I'm attempting to rewire all these memories. So, oh. yeah.
0: That is super interesting. Oh my gosh. Um, Cause I think about, I'm, you know, I can't help, but when talking to other artists, kind of think about my own process. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I've always had, this um obsession with with like texture and hatch mark making yeah. and i i was like what is that i don't know it's like i and i like other people's art that where they're doing that where they're making marks and yeah. for some reason that's way more interesting to me than like maybe something that's super realistic
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know or yeah. Even like photography or whatever. I mean, I love all those things, but for some reason, I'm drawn to that kind of work. Do you feel that way? That like Mm -hmm. you're inspired by other artists that have those same kind of.
1: Yeah, I I feel like I'm inspired by a lot of different artists. I have a tendency to be drawn towards like the gritty, imperfect type of art. Yeah, Um, and then. Yeah. And then as I feel like with that repetitive motion, it's like this, it's almost this meditative. Yeah. Experience that you get into while you're making these marks. Um, I'm really inspired by Yayo Kusama. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And just like, you know, she's, I mean, she's like amazing. She's in her nineties and still works. Um, but. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, has a lot of trauma in her life from her childhood, and I'm, you know, being an artist in the '60s. I'm sure she had her fair share of experimentation, um, mm-hmm. and she she creates these, you know, pieces that have these repetitive dots over mm-hmm. and over and over again. And there's just something about that to me. Um, mm-hmm. she, you know, she said. I don't remember the exact quote, but she said her art was a way for her to he- like heal basically. Mm. Um, and I, I've kind of always treated my, my art as that as well, even when I was a young kid, yes. if I was in trouble, I'm going to my room and I'm drawing, you know, <laughs> so, mm. you know? Um, mm. but I actually, she had her infinity um, mirrors I- exhibition at the high museum in Atlanta, like four or so years ago and I went to that and it was mind blowing. So oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think I saw
0: that like advertised and I really wanted to go. I was like, oh, that looks awesome. So that's great. Yeah. I think, you know, what you're saying too about art being healing, Mm -hmm. I found that I think pretty much with everyone I've talked to, that seems to come up. Mm-hmm. like it's something that just helps you express whatever is on the inside
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: and i just got done talking with another artist and she was like you know she just draws these intuitive drawings like she just starts mm-hmm. basically doodling and things just come out you know and then like you're saying it's this motion and the repetitiveness that feels so meditative and healing Mm -hmm. So that's amazing. I think that that's something that a lot of artists really um, connect with too. Mm -hmm. And so you're taking this um, abstraction and these sort of, I mean, to me, it's like this textural kind of art. Mm -hmm. And what are you doing with it now? Are you like Represented by any galleries? Are you in shows? What are you doing as far?
1: So, just you know, I just finished, I defended my thesis this summer, Mm -hmm. and and passed that. So, I'm really starting. I'm really excited to start getting into more work that's post MFA because a lot of the stuff Mm -hmm. I've been making the last couple years has been geared towards that. I don't have gallery representation Mm -hmm. um, at the moment. I. Do I just installed yesterday a solo show at um, the University of Alabama in Huntsville in the Salmon Gallery. I'm also um, an adjunct professor at UAH, okay. so I teach, I teach, I've been teaching there the last year, and the semester starts next week, but I teach drawing foundations. Oh, okay. So that's really great to be in education. Oh. I love, I love, it's interesting because the students that I teach are mostly engineering students. That's what UAH is, is, you know, it's known for engineering, the school is. So it's really interesting to inspire these students that don't think they can draw and then they draw and they draw well. And I love that. But in terms of my practice during my MFA journey, I realized that I kept trying to put a label on myself of what type of artist I am and nothing ever truly fit I felt like a lot of times artists are encouraged to specialize and be, you know, be an oil Mm -hmm. painter or be a printmaker or a sculptor. And I'm, I'm just, my mind doesn't think in one, Mm -hmm. one discipline. And I felt that I've like during that program, I really embraced interdisciplinary art and just like that that title, like, it gave me the freedom to make art however I needed to. If I'm trying to tell a story or an experience, I don't, like, I can pick the discipline that I feel is best for that. Mm. Um, So, during that time, during the MFA program, I started create, like, started doing some performance and uh, projections and time-based media, which I thought was really great for this, the, the things that I was concerned with when I'm using my body and I'm going through this repetitive motion, I started a lot of the stuff that I was, I've been making. I like to see how far I can push things. So how far I can push the additive or the subtractive in the work, but sometimes the work, you know, can't with like the substrate can't withstand like that repetitive process. So I started filming as a way to document essentially. Yeah. And so I'm really excited to start working on these different projects in the future. I have a solo show at Gadsden museum in, in December. Okay. Yeah. And then I have a show scheduled for next year at low mill. So I have, you know, these shows that I'm working towards. So I'm really excited to start working on those.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. That's like one of those things where it gives you sort of a goal to think about, okay, I need to have stuff ready for this. And then the excitement of getting out of the MFA and being able to like just sort of you cut loose and try all the things. Oh my God, how fun is that? Yeah. That was so exciting.
1: <laughs> and I'm I'm really, you know, for my thesis for at leslie university our thesis show was a group show so you know i only put a couple pieces in it but i i i made a lot of work this last year yeah and so uah contacted me and said hey would, would you like to show would you like to show your thesis work for you know in the salmon gallery and i was like yeah this is great now i have a place where i can put more of it, you know, together. Even though a lot of the work, a lot of the pieces I made were independent, they really go well together. So that was, that was really nice. And it it was kind of a, it gave me a little bit of closure installing that show yesterday because I like put them in this space finally, you know, together. So now I'm like, okay, now, because I think for the December show. I was thinking, how can I fit these pieces? But now I don't have to even worry about that. So
0: yeah, yeah. how many pieces are in the
1: show? In the UAH um, UH show? Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Fifteen.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, good fit.
1: Yeah. So there's. Wow. I have um, most of pretty much everything is either like a piece on panel or you know it's two dimensional. Um, marks that I've made you know there's two there's one piece that is my tally bowl Mm -hmm. which was this performance that I did where I started with a bowl and an oil stick and as I I was like hovering over the bowl and making these tally marks in the bowl and each time I created a set of tallies Mm -hmm. I would turn the bowl and it was like this very repetitive motions of mark 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 turn mark 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 turn and it was at the end when I filled the bowl with the tallies I put the oil stick in the bowl covered it with the tissue paper which in and out of my work for years and then that was the performance so it was like this Bowl is this empty bowl that I'm filling with these tallies. So the bowl is now not in it's not only empty, it's full. And these tallies are kind of it's like a record of my memories, but it's also a record of tendencies or these compulsions that I've had, especially with like eating disorders and I was bulimic and anorexic for a long time and I'm good now. Yay. <laughs> but um uh, you know, I was just kind of this record, and the crazy thing about the tally bowl—I love the piece. The video is there's like this kind of noise where it's like this repetitive. You can just hear the the shifting of the bowl. Yeah. When I shipped the tally bowl to Leslie for the thesis show, I get this phone call, and it's my my friend Kelly. And she goes, "Aaron, don't get upset, but your tally bowl." broke and it broke in transit and i go huh i think it was supposed to break like it was <laughs> it was like the piece was finished the cycle was finished so it was it was kind of great oh, so wow. that, that's in the show i really i mean the students at uh going through the gallery they're probably like what is that <laughs> i'm like that piece is important to me and it's it's in the show
0: um wow so do, yeah. in the show do you have the video or anything like
1: that no but it's on my website so oh, okay yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: that's really cool
1: yeah
0: oh love that that's so awesome and yeah. it's one of those things where almost like you know the life of the bowl signifies so very much to you and then it it was it still wasn't finished when it yeah. And yeah. it left.
1: I know. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> yeah, so I fully embraced that. But then I also was like, okay, I need to like get better at packing art <laughs> <'Cause I clearly laughs> don't know how to. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. I can but. see that. That's one of my my fears is like sending art out mm-hmm. to people. I'm like, let yeah. me know if it doesn't make it. You know, <laughs> especially of one of a kind thing like that it's like oh okay I hope this gets there safely yeah so that's awesome thank you Erin so much for talking to me today and I mean your work is amazing I just love what you're doing and I'm so excited for you to be like on this new adventure so it'll be cool to see where you go what you're going
1: to do yeah I'm excited so awesome thank you so much
0: thank you Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Art Talk with April. For more information on this episode, join the Facebook group, The Art Lounge. Please subscribe and share. See you next Tuesday. Hope you have a great week.